Hello and welcome everybody to the Book of Jude. So glad you take time out of your day to listen. Uh, we appreciate everything you do. I, I really want to make an episode about um, just, you know, all the names that I see that's following the Facebook um, Book of Jude page and and just the listeners from all around the world. I cannot believe it. I am uh, humbled every time I see it. So thank you so much uh, for taking the time out. But listen, I have something to get off my chest. It's been a while, and the reason it's been a while is because I've been struggling uh, with something, and I want to, I just, I'm just going to say it, you know, uh, I'm offended. I I am offended, and why do I say that? You know, a lot of people say they're offended these days. People get offended about everything, and they and they whine. That that's not me. That's not me. But I have to tell you, I am offended. I'm going to try to tell you why, and I'm I'm going to try not to use. I'm not going to name drop. I'm not trying to shame no one. Um. I'm going to talk about one person in particular just because he is in a, uh, he has proven himself over and over not to be of the flock, all right? Uh, so here, here we go. I am offended because uh, we call people Christians that are clearly not, that are clearly not. In fact, I see on social media, you know how it tells you your friend liked this or your friend follows this or shared this video? I am confused on when I see friends of mine or, or, or listeners to this podcast, uh, supporters of, of the Book of Jude, right? But they listen, they like and share and listen to other people that I would not consider Christians. Now, what they might perceive as another style or genre of Christianity. Maybe maybe Tim is uh, this way, but this person is this way. It's okay. We're all part of the body. Well, I want to make one thing clear. Uh, I, I see this over and over. When these, um, here's what I'll say. I'll call them prosperity prophets. Okay, so that's what that's what I'll say. These instead of you know name dropping, right? Because I'm not trying to. I don't know these people. I'm not going to shame them. Uh, these prosperity prophets, these celebrity pastors, right? When they fall, uh, so when they cheat on their wives or, or they're laundering money or uh, they're using they're using the church for their book sales and you know you name it, you know whatever it is. Forget theology. Forget doctrine. Forget the Bible. These people are not Christians in the first place. And I think that's where the problem is because someone asked me one time, um, I talked about a, certain, a, a prosperity prophet and I, and I, taught, and I shared about their uh, university that they had. They, had a, they have a university and I talked about how, you know, it's very... Um, uh, just, you know, just some, some, you know, red flags popping up. And, and so, um, so basically, uh, they said, Hey, you might not want to do this because you know, you're, you're turning people away from hearing the gospel. 
and it didn't it didn't click i don't know why it didn't click but eventually over time things like that kept happening um here's the thing i don't think they're preaching the gospel i don't believe they're christians now you're allowed to disagree with me okay you're allowed to disagree with me but I never, when, when these pastors, pastors, here we go, I'm using air quotes if I say that, believe me, these prosperity prophets, when they fall, when they cheat on their wives and they're living a double life and, or, you know, or they're, they're laundering money for book sales or whatever, whatever it is, right? All of these people, the people that I listen to, the people that I follow, they say, okay, let's, let's talk about them being a pastor. Let's talk about their church and uh, pastor and church's quotation, air quotes, right? Uh, let's talk about the biblical qualifications of a pastor, of an elder. Uh, is this person qualified to lead another church? And, and so like the prosperity prophets that cheat on their wives, um, are, they, are they a husband of one wife? Do they lose the qualification to... Um, hello, the, why are we applying biblical standards to this religion? We don't do this with any other religion. So when a Mormon, so LDS, when someone um, is found guilty of something, we don't break out the Bible and say, okay, let's, you know, are they... Um, are they still able to, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? We don't do that. Why? Because they're another religion. But for some reason, and I could be wrong, but I'm just confused. It finally clicked the other uh, few weeks ago, maybe even a month or so ago. It finally clicked. No, no, no. These people aren't Christians. Why are we breaking out the Bible? I know they use the Bible. I know they know how to speak the language of, of Christianese, right? I know uh, that they think they're Christians, that they're following Jesus, but I'm reminded of the verse that um, is saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we, uh, and I'm off the top of my head, didn't we uh, heal the sick in your name and, and all the, whatever it is, right? You know the verse. So I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they are not presenting themselves as Christians, but when we really, if we really take the time to th look at it, are they, are they Christians at all? And the answer is no. They're of another religion. They be their belief system is that you can speak things into existence like because we're little gods. They believe that you can um, say in the name of Jesus and whatever you say after that's going to happen, right? So just um, this year alone, 2020, <laughs> this year alone forget every other year let's just take 2020 you could see every single one of these prosperity prophets no one knew about covid coming right then they said okay covid will be over um uh, around passover time easter time, resurrection sunday right and then they said they're gonna take take it out and it's dead and it's it doesn't exist anymore and then that because none of these things worked right so we just kept seeing their um uh, their unfruitfulness 
You know, there was nothing coming from that arena. These are the people that are this hyper-charismatic religion, word of faith, NAR, New Apostolic Reformation. Uh, uh, speak it, uh, uh, claim it, and name it and claim it, you know, all of these people, right? So we don't, we, we don't see any fruit coming from them, but we, people still believe or, or at least consider them to be Christians. I do not. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from. I believe that they are of another religion because I read my Bible and going back to the people that listen to me and listen to one of these prosperity prophets, I don't get it. I don't know how you can listen to me and then listen to them because we're we're talking two different things. Or any any true pastor, any true pastor, and then listen to um, you know, somebody from that camp, the prosperity camp. I, I don't get it, the word of faith camp. I don't understand how that computes. So I believe me, I completely understand if you say, Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stay in the prosperity word of faith camp. I'm no longer gonna, gonna listen to you. I I get I never knew you didn't think they were Christians in the first place. That's that's fine. We're you know, I'm not offended about that. I'm offended when you put me into those same camps. I'm offended when someone uh, thinks of them as Christians and then turns around and has me in that same camp. No, please do not put me in that camp. Please. I do not want to be associated with them whatsoever. Uh, them is, like I said, I'm not going to name anyone, but... Basically, if you turn on TBN or what's the other one, the uh, uh, the Word Network or whatever it is, right? So these people promising you uh, a blessed life and and ignoring all the trials and tribulations that the apostles, Jesus's apostles, had to go through. Um, it, it's 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 it, most of these people, most of these people, they they have no biblical training. They just grow up regurgitating. They're great speakers, great speakers. They're they're glorified motivational speakers, really. They share a couple verses out of the Bible, and then they go on for 40 minutes and, and get you all hyped up, right? They play the music, the repetitive music over and over, the lights. They turn the lights down. They got the mood lights. They That's all hypnotic. That's all um, look up mysticism. Look up... Uh, Gnosticism. Look these things up and you will see a very blended uh, worldview, uh, a spirituality that's very close to what I would deem the hyper charismatic movement. This movement has not been around since the apostles. This movement has not been around since the Puritans. This movement has not been around since the Reformers. Way, as far as history goes, the history of the church, this charismatic movement, hyper-charismatic movement, NAR, Word of Faith, all of these, um, very young. It's a movement. It's not been around long, okay? And so I'm just pointing your attention to that. So before you write me off, 
I'm just saying do a little research. Uh, most of these people do not have have never been to seminary and don't have degrees. Now, I will say those that do have degrees and those who may have a doctorate, um, you might want to investigate investigate into that because uh, most of them, if not all, are honorary doctorates. Okay, so they didn't earn them, but they were given an honorary doctorate. Most of them, um, if they if they have gone to quote unquote seminary, it's always good to ask where. Where did you go to seminary? Because a lot of these places are degree mills. They will just pop it out. They just want the recognition, right? They just want the name on the paper. So um, it's always good to look. And listen, I am not saying that if you're a pastor, you need to be, you need to have a master's divinity like me. That's not what I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm what I'm saying is that there there's a point where. I'll give you an example. When we moved uh, to North Texas and we started in a new church, I was on the phone talking to the pastors of this church. And some, uh, every single one of them, one of the questions was, what's your education level? And they appreciated that and they answered that proudly because they had something to say. And that's not rude. I need to know that the the shepherd that's shepherding the flock, the the church that my family attends, uh, that that person has gone through proper training. So um, that he's he is not just a great speaker. You see what I'm saying? Anybody can be a great speaker. Anybody, but proper hermeneutics. Uh, able to uh, preach using exegesis versus eisegesis. Um, we've went over this before, but um, proper hermeneutics is interpreting, knowing the correct way to interpret, you know, like scripture, right? So eisegesis is let me um, read myself into the text. I don't care what the text, you know, and, I, and I'll just use, we, we went over this in past episode, but Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. The Lord has a plan to bless me, prosper me, blah, 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 right? Well, that's not it. That's why it's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that's not it. Because he was not talking to me. So exegesis, and I'm not saying Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. -S, I'm not saying Jesus. Exegesis is I'm reading the text. I'm allowing the text to tell me what you know, what it's saying. So I'm drawing out from the text. So I'm, so when you, okay, Jeremiah 20 and 11, the Israelites are about to go into 70 years of exile. And he's telling them that I still have a plan for you, Israel. Now you heard me just say 70 years of exile. Do you think the 50 year old Israelite is that, that, 2911 doesn't even apply to that person. Why? They're not going to be alive in 70 more years in exile, captive, slave, right? So he's God was just saying, a portion of you, believe me, I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
my covenant remains. So that so that's what that's about. So that's exegesis. Eisegesis is saying, man, God has a plan for me, plans to prosper me, plans to, you know, but no one, everyone that wants to claim that, they don't want to claim the 70 years of slavery either. It It's just funny because uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 is, is a future event. But right now in the present, they're going through 70 years of exile. They're being taken over for disobedience. No one says that. But everyone has Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on their, on their uh, maybe in, on their wall uh, picture, uh, maybe on social media, maybe it was a tattoo or something. Like everyone loves Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Well, that's the difference. That's the difference, and that's a great verse to to try to divide these camps into, um, of knowing where I stand. Jeremiah 29 11 isn't about me and most of these people don't even know what Jeremiah 29 is about they don't know what Jeremiah 29 10 says they don't know what Jer and in fact there's a false prophet in uh against Jeremiah the prophet and that's a good uh that's a good example too read read the whole book context 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 Read the whole book of Jeremiah, and when it gets closer to um, uh, 25, 26, somewhere in there, you're going to see the other prophet speaking great things, talking about what people want to hear about. People, you know, are tickling their ears, sugar-coated gospel, right? And Jeremiah is coming with the truth. No, guys, we're going through 70 years. They didn't want to hear that, okay? That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So... You have to, when you go to, when you attend church, when you attend church, you have to know. I, I know that all these big churches, they have child care. They have, they have the events. They have this. They have that. I don't care because if you're not preaching the Bible correctly, then it's just lip service. And the Bible warns against that over and over and over. Um, that's why we call it the prosperity gospel, because Paul tells us there is no other gospel except that through Jesus Christ. There's no other gospel. And when, when you hear another, when you truly saved and you know the Bible, when you know the Bible, you actually read it, right? These people are banking on you that you do not read the Bible, all right? So when you actually know it and you hear another gospel, you're able to say, whoa, wait a minute. This is not from God. This is not from God. So I'm off I'm off my soapbox, right? So don't put me into the camp of the prosperity gospel, the prosperity prophets, the word of faith, NAR, spirit filled, hyper charismatic, whatever you want to say. That that is not Christianity. So I will never, I will never um Call them Christians, call them pastors, call their where they gather a church. That is not what the Bible tells me uh, what a Christian is, a Christ follower, what a church is. Now, I told you I'm going to share one name, one name only, and, and you'll see why here. You may know him, you may not know him. I've known about this man most of my life. So when I was a child, a man by the name of Jim Baker Baker, B-A-K-K-E-R. Uh, he had a he was a pastor. 
He um, was married to Tammy Faye Baker, and they had a program, I believe, and uh, uh, I think it was something PTL, praise the Lord. Uh, they were on TV. They had a church. My history is fuzzy, but um, they were caught. He went to prison. They divorced because uh, of money laundering, some type of money laundering. Okay, but he was a—he's one of these prosperity people, right? He—he was in—he's in this camp. Well, he's in—he might be in his own camp, to be quite honest with you, because I don't know. He—he's definitely—he might be in his own camp. <laughs> Well, he's back. So he went to prison, he did all these things, and he's got a new wife, and they have a new television show on probably TBN or something like that. And um, now he's the one that sells uh, these barrels of mac and cheese for doomsday, and it's, it's crazy. So like I said, he, he's in his own world. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, I, I wouldn't waste your time unless you want to look it up for entertainment purposes only, but if you do know who I'm talking about, so you know how uh, wacky this guy is, So, um, and even the people that come on his program. Um, so look at his life. So in the beginning, he's not a Christian. He's one of these fake uh, prosperity prophets, and he's serving himself. He doesn't learn his lesson when he gets caught. He goes to prison. He ha he loses his marriage, falls apart, and all of these things. Well, he's back. Is he back because he was he's been restored? Uh, because biblical uh, doctrine, uh, godly men surrounded him and tried to uh, restore him and and bring him back to the ministry. No, he's doing the same thing. He might be doing it legally now. He might just be. I think he's just telling you, I just want your money. He's selling you a barrel of survival food and gear and because of doomsday and mark of the beast and, you know, the world's going to end, all, the, all these things. It's insane. But he's, maybe this time he's just telling you, I just, I'm just trying to get your money. But people are following him. People believe him. Um, it's sad. So I wanted to name him because... You see that given the opportunity, they will these these wolves in sheep's clothing will show up every time. They will show up every time. And so whew, I got that out. I just want to let you know I'm offended. Don't put me in these camps, okay? I don't believe that they are us. I don't believe they're Christians. I don't believe they're Christ followers. And why all of this is important is because the plan topic for today, uh, I've been doing a lot of, you know, one of the big reasons it's been a while is because I've had to do a lot of research recently because um, a lot of people uh, are carrying around the TPT, the, the Passion Translation, the Passion Translation, it's the newest thing on the block. And I see people sharing scriptures, and at the end, in the parentheses, they, you'll see TPT, the Passion. Or maybe your church, your pastor, will read from the Passion Translation. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to tackle the Passion Translation. And if you have it, if you actually have purchased it, uh, 
have that handy and be beside a trash can because I'm going to tell you to uh, throw it in the trash because it's garbage. Thank you for listening to the Book of Jude. Hey, I just uh, want to jump on here and say that I just shared this on the uh, Book of Jude Facebook stories um, in Luke, in Luke 2. Uh, this is the, you know, the Christmas story, right? In Luke 2, verse 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. And you might be able to finish that. Can you finish that? Peace on earth to all men, right? No, that's that's not what it says at all. So let me let me read starting from the beginning. So Luke 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. Capital H on he. Why do we say the other version? That's not what it says. We have been we have this is exactly why you need to know the Bible. This whole uh, episode is about knowing the Bible, and so I just wanted to add that. I just I just shared this on the stories. Uh, you probably saw it, but among people with whom He God is pleased. So glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among the people. Not everyone, those who He is well pleased. My goodness, God bless. Hey friends, if you enjoy listening to the Book of Jude podcast, share it with your friends and let them know that they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts for the Android, and many other places. We're back and we are talking about the Passion Translation. So, I got to tell you, we really need to be careful of, we can't take people's word on things especially when it comes to God's word so Brian Simmons is the man who is producing the passion translation Brian Simmons is a part of the NAR New Apostolic Reformation he uh, he is a part of the word faith word of faith movement all these things um he alone translated, he, he alone produced and created, I'm going to say created, I like that word, that's exactly what he did. He created this Passion Translation. So, what is it? Well, it's a new Bible. It's a new translation. It's like the ESV, the, the NIV, the NASB, yeah, it's just another translation. Wrong. No, it, it is not. It is not another translation. So, when a new translation comes out, a committee of scholars, a committee of scholars come together and work on it, okay? Um, Qualified people, very qualified people. I have, I would not be qualified to sit on a committee to attempt to make a Bible translation. So when we say translation, King James, New King James, NIV, NLT, the message, right? That's got a lot of flack. 
uh, ESV, NASB, okay? The Passion Translation, Brian Simmons, one man. Well, why in the world, first of all, would anyone want to take this challenge? This is, this is not something you just wake up and do. Oh, by the way, Brian Simmons does not even doesn't even have the credentials to sit on a committee that could develop a new translation. He doesn't have the credentials to sit on a committee, let alone do his own thing. So if you look it up on his website, their website, their people, oh, he's qualified. He's done some work. And it's it's all... It's fabricated. I, I'm not even going to take the time. There's so much information if you really want to know. He he's he's lying. He's telling stories. The the people he said he was with on the mission field. Yeah, I was uh, translating into the. They say no, no, no. He's lying. He's lying. That's not. It's not true at all. So this man can really make up some stuff. He's a great storyteller. Why would he take this on? Well. Jesus appeared to him and told him to do it, of course. <laughs> of, of course, what, what else would it be? So one night, you can look this up on YouTube, you can hear the whole story. Jesus appeared to him, breathed on him, commissioned him to do the Passion Translation. Yeah, right. So anyway, so that's that's the story, that's what he did. So... He hasn't finished everything yet. He has a long way to go, but he's put out the New Testament and uh, Psalms and Proverbs. I think he's working on Genesis. He's put out um, oh, uh, Song of Solomon. By the way, the the actual expert on Song of Solomon, the actual scholar who has done this, sat on the committee for, uh, I believe it was the NIV version. Um, he kind of, they all, they're all writing papers. They're all critiquing this because this is their field. This is what they do. They go to school for, oh, by the way, Brian Simmons, oh, he has a doctorate. He has a doctorate. All right. I'm going to let you do the work. Um, find out where he has a doctorate from. Okay. You might be hearing, uh, an airplane in the background. I apologize. But um, find out where, because believe me, it's not an earned doctorate, okay? I, it's not earned. Um, but, you know, take my word. Don't, don't take my word for it, but do, do the research for yourself. Uh, believe me, I've, I've taken so much time, more time than I should have, to try to get all the information, but it, it's just too much. But I wanted to talk about the importance of knowing what you're reading and please stay away from uh, the passion translation unfortunately on the Version bible app and i think babel uh, bible gateway um, you can look it up you can choose the pa passion translation Version bible app i know for sure because i did a little it, it's so interesting um i was challenged to look up my own Bible, uh, my favorite Bible verse, um, and then look it up in the TPT, and I tell you, it is, it is so insane 
this man has added to the word of God. Again, I say exegesis versus eisegesis. You know, I want the Bible to say this. This is how I think it should be. This man has added so much to God's word. The whole the whole point of the Bible is that it's God's word that we don't need to change it. So when you translate something, you're talking about taking the Hebrew and and some portions are in Aramaic and then the New Testament in Greek. And you are um you're doing your best to translate it in such a way where it's word for word. And we know that that's not always the case, right? But they try to be word for word as the best they can. And then if you notice, if anyone still has a Bible that they actually hold in their hand, it's not on their phone, you actually go down to the footnotes. Read your footnotes when you're reading the Bible. Please, always pay attention to the footnotes because it's going to tell you in some manuscripts this isn't here or in other manuscripts it says this or so it has these things because they are trying to um they're trying to be as accurate as they can and oh by the way if you go and look at old manuscripts of the bible they have marginal notes everyone anyone have have grandma or mom's bible she puts marginal notes like she writes notes out on the margins of the pages I do. I have a Bible for my mother, and she she has all these notes in the margins, and and just you know those those are those are it's 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 interesting, okay. But when you go back to old manuscripts, the people that took this so seriously that were they didn't have a copy machine, they didn't have a computer, they're writing handwriting all these things. A lot of these. Uh, manuscripts or the or fragments of manuscripts. Uh, by the way, we have like over twenty five thousand. We have so much. We have so much that it, it's a great thing. It's like we have. Uh, uh, what do I always say? We we have a thousand pieces and we only need a hundred pieces for the puzzle, right? But it's so great that we have these uh, these thousand pieces because it's it's more. Uh, it tells us, yeah, this this is the truth. This says this. This says it. It's all match. It's a big. It it all matches, and we can have the confidence in what we're reading as God's word. I remember, uh, you know, the story of look up the story of uh, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, that's a fantastic story because, well, because why? Because what we had, we found more of, and we see that it matches. Amazing. A another location, more manuscripts. We have so many manuscripts. Don't let anyone tell you. People say there's there's so many uh, variants, so differences, right? And there's there's true. That's true. But what they don't know is that. Most of them have nothing to do with our theology, our doctrine. It doesn't mess anything up, right? I don't want to go off. I went on with this rabbit trail. I love biblical manuscripts and, and these. Anyway, so I'm probably boring you. Let's get back to uh, Mr. Simmons. So there's a process. 
that happened. So this guy's just going off. Oh, by the way, when Jesus breathed on him and commissioned him to do this, he he gave him some secrets about the Hebrew language that no one has ever known. These people do this because they tell you this so that you can't challenge them. Um, well, it's not in the Bible, but G it's okay. Jesus told me that this is what we need to do. So Jesus picked now to tell Brian Simmons, um, uh, hey, there's Hebrew secrets that no one else has known. So not not some not an Israel not <laughs> not an Israelite that's like living in Israel right now and and no just some guy in America he he ch he's chosen <laughs> it's I'm sorry I shouldn't laugh but uh, secrets about the Hebrew language so. This man does not know Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. This, this, he, he knows none of it. But, it, you know, it's okay because Jesus is telling them the secrets. Anyway, I want to give, because he's a part of this uh, camp, the NAR, they use a lot of language, uh, certain buzzwords, and you're going to recognize them. They use words like realm, spirit realm, or activate, anointed, impart, uh, passion, prophetic. And so this, these words appear in the Passion Translation more than any other translation ever. So he is literally adding to the Word of God. He, he, his theology, Jesus, his theology is now being a part of this translation, which is not, that, that is incorrect. That is not what you do when when you're doing this process number one you're not doing it alone number two you gotta have credentials this is this is a job man this is not some somebody just speak. this is a serious thing we're talking about the word of god i mean if you actually believe that what you hold in your hands is the word of god do you understand so um he's reading his own theology into the scripture okay and I heard someone call it an adulteration of Scripture. And that's exactly what it is. It's not a translation by any means. It's, and it's not even, it's hardly a paraphrase because of the um, just disrespect that he, how he treats the Word of God. So to give you an idea, uh, realm, right? So the spirit realm, this is one of their hot buzzwords. So the word realm Zero times it appears in the ESV. Zero. The New King James Version, zero. NASB, it appears one time. In the NIV, it appears ten times. Okay? The word realm. In the Passion Translation, do you want to guess how many times it shows up? By the way, do you see the consistency of all the other ones? But in the Passion Translation... 196 times the word realm shows up he's he is adding is not even an accurate word like he is just polluting god's word with his false religious theology it's scary that pastors quote-unquote, that are reading this from the pulpit, that Christians all over are just accepting it as, 
Ah, it's just, you know, you got the ESV, you got the um, NASB. This is the new one. <laughs> this is the new one. Let's look at one more, the word anointed. Boy, they love the word anointed. The word anointed, look at the, listen to the consistency. ESV, 15 times the word anointed. The New King James Version, 12 times the word anointed appears. NIV, 10 times. NASB, 10 times. So you see, 15, 12, 10, and 10. That's pretty consistent. I mean, think think about that. Different committees on different translations translate, you know, literally trying to do word for word, for word from the Hebrew and Greek, and they're all 10, 10, 12, 15. That's pretty consistent. I mean, that's that, that's great. Brian Simmons, TPT, the Passion Translation. I guess Jesus uh, really showed him some secrets here because we missed a lot. How many times does anointed show up in the Passion Translation? 223 times. 223 times. I hope your pastor isn't using this translation from the pulpit. I hope your youth pastor isn't using this translation for your kids. Can I just uh, compare this information? Do you, you remember in the LDS religion, the Mormons, Joseph Smith? He he received new information from Jesus as well. New information, the Bible, the Word of God is inaccurate jesus now had to come and tell joseph smith new information this is another religion we're talking about brian simmons is saying the same thing he believes he was caught up into heaven and visited the library of heaven this is one part of his story he there's a library in heaven and brian simmons got to tour it no credentials whatsoever but people don't care can't make this stuff up guys Look him up on YouTube. You'll hear a story. He'll tell you all of this. He'll tell you all of this. Um, he added so many words. So when you actually translate Hebrew and Greek into like English or your own language, right? It, it's called interlinear. Interlinear. You're, you're trying to, your goal is word for word. You're not trying to add these things. He's not a scholar. He wouldn't call to be on a committee by any means he he doesn't have the credentials to do so folks we are not allowed to add we have no authority to add or change or you know add or subtract we have no authority to a cha to change god's word and with that i end may god have mercy on his soul Hope you're enjoying this episode of the book of jude hey i just want to say if you're not already hit like on the facebook book of jude page i share uh i try i try to share daily on on the page and some good stuff from some good scholars and, and people of the faith that has uh just written so many wonderful things out of their their research and education and so uh like today 
today I shared about uh, people reading the Bible and taking it seriously. And of course, that's why we're doing the, the you're listening to this podcast. But that was today. Today's December uh, 20th. And so it's uh, it's from the introduction to the biblical interpretation. Dr. Klein, Dr. Bloomberg, Dr. Hubbard Jr., uh, then I shared something a couple days ago about the Tower of Babel and a blurb from one of the uh, a great, great book. Also, there's a sermon, part of a sermon by Charles Spurgeon. I hope you know who the Prince of pa- Preachers are, Charles Spurgeon from England, New Park Street Chapel. That's great quotes from him. And I also share videos from uh, other ministries. It's very informative. Um other articles that I read uh, for us in in the United States, there the Gospel Coalition put out a article about the cult of Christian Trumpism. Okay, um, wanted to get your feedback on that. Shared something five days ago from Costy Hen. It was a great quotes for your children, godly uh, marriage, godly uh, family, raising your children. I also um, replacement theology. Covenant Theology, uh, great information, great information, so just check it out, but Facebook, Book of Jude, hit like, and um, just, I try to put out, you know, the ministry, it has always been, when I went through seminary, and I have all these books, and all this information, and I just, it would be a shame if I didn't share it, so this is just my way of sharing it, educating you through these wonderful men and women of the faith and uh, so we can all be encouraged and and go deeper Uh, but uh, let's get back to uh, this episode god bless all right i have a really uh, great book that i received in seminary liberating ministry from the success syndrome kent and barbara hughes and uh, chapter three is about uh, the word success. What what makes a Christian successful? What what makes a church successful? Um, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about what I highlighted in this chapter because um, I think it's very important, and I believe that we have missed the mark on what we find in success. Um, no place, no place where it says that God's servants are called to be successful. There's no place. So rather, uh, we when we read the scriptures, it tells us to be faithful. So if you want to be successful, be faithful. Pastor of a church, be faithful. Don't, don't measure success by how many people attend your church. Numbers are, that's up to God, how many people come in, right? It's not you can't do nothing about that. I think it, there's a danger, there's a temptation there for young pastors to uh, try to gain numbers because uh, you what what happens is the danger is you fall into this cycle because um, look at all the 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 mega churches they have to hire more staff and then they have to. Uh, spend more money and then they have to receive more money they have to find ways to get more money they have to do the events and all of these things and what you're not building is a church you're building um, 
a store a store because uh, these mega churches they then have to um, get volunteers to sign up to be in the youth to be in the the children the uh, the children's ministry and the the street ministry and and all of these things and it's almost like they're begging them and I'm not saying you shouldn't serve you absolutely should serve but they fall into this cycle of needing it must happen we have to do something else now to get more people we have to have another event and uh what happens is these these consumer seeker sensitive consumer driven quote unquote churches what they're what they're finding is and believe me I know what they're finding is it's hard to ask the customer to stock the shelves it's very think about Walmart or, or Target what would you do if if a Target employee came up and said hey would you help me stock the shelves the customer would <laughs> what why why in the world would you ask me that because these seeker sensitive churches these uh these um consumer driven they just need the numbers they just want the people to come they it's the attraction model right look what look come and see come and see look what we have look what we have uh there's no focus on the gospel it's just they just need retention right they just need you to keep coming back it's a big bucket full of water, but guess what? There is a hole in the bottom, and they that cycle needs to continue. the The workers, the attraction model, the workers are the the uh, staff are worker bees. Um, they're working themselves to death, and then once they get burnt out, they leave, and they they'll just bring somebody else. They'll pick one of their volunteers and say, "Hey, you want a job?" And all the while, the the person that is supposed to be carrying the load is the senior pastor and they're not doing nothing you don't even see them the staff doesn't even know them and so this vicious cycle begins and now you don't know where to start maybe look at all the people that is employed you know you can't stop this monster that you created because now you, you can't just fire everybody what if you what if you come to see your um your mistakes and say wow we we are doing this the wrong way well but now you got 25 people on staff that is depending on you so you're you know the cycle just continues success is not in numbers success is faithfulness so nowhere in the bible does are we called god's servants are called to be successful we're called to be faithful uh first corinthians 4 1 to 2 so then men ought to regard us as servants of christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Faithful. So instead of uh, getting sucked into the success syndrome, read 1 Corinthians 4, 1-2 to remind yourself of what it's all about and what servants of God are really called to do and so acts uh, another verse for you acts eighteen twenty four. now a certain jew named apollos an alexandrian by birth an eloquent man came to ephesus and he was mighty in the scriptures after brodus read these this verse he went on to say gentlemen 
we must be like Apollos, mighty in the scriptures. Mighty in the scriptures. Read your Bible. Know God's word. Be faithful to it. Because if you've been listening to the entire episode, think about the underlying theme. If you know God's word, you won't be caught up in any of these quote-unquote churches. You won't be led astray by these wolves in sheep clothes, right? Be like Apollos, be mighty in the scriptures. I love that. Knowledge of the Bible begins with and is fed by reading God's word. Every servant must be reading the scriptures daily, preferably going through the Bible at least once a year. So that's that's not that's not a hard task. I finished uh, this year, 2020. I finished the. I started January 1st, of course, and I I ended uh, in sometime in September. I read through the whole Bible. So when I say I read, here here's what I'm saying because I'm gonna be transparent with you. Um, I have a reading comprehension problem. So if I sit down on my own and read uh, silently, um. It's, believe me, I wouldn't be done in September. <laughs> believe me. Um, now, it helps me if I read it out loud. What really helps me is if I uh, listen to it and read along. And that's exactly, uh, for the most part, what I did. A lot of times, I would. I have a 30-minute drive to work and back. A lot of times, was just listening to the Bible, you know? Driving, listen to the Bible. And that is the only reason I got, I was finished in September. It has nothing to do with any skill of mine. Uh, but, you know, I have the reading comprehension problem. I could sit there and read um, anything, doesn't really matter. And my mind will daydream about something else the entire time. Somehow I'm reading, but my mind is not comprehending. It's not taking it in. And so I have to really work hard uh, to comprehend and understand something. So this is apart from me studying the Bible. That's that's separate. Uh, when I sit down and study the Bible, I'm into it and I'm doing my thing. But as far as just reading the reading the Bible through for for somebody that doesn't have a reading comprehension or dyslexia or anything like that, any struggles reading the Bible in a year shouldn't be a big deal. I know I know a lot of people who do it every every single year, uh, and it's it's not a big. They have Bible. I mean, think your Bible has a any any the app your actual Bible. It probably has a Bible plan in there. Um, it's it's like uh, maybe four chapters a day. I don't know something like that. It's it's not. So anyway, uh, January first is coming up, and I'm going to start all over. You know, I, I think I'm going to read it um, chronologically in 2021. Um, just to shake things up a bit, but um, it's very important, very important for you and I to read God's Word daily. Read God's Word daily. Um, there are many interpretation theories so that the Scripture is subject to so many interpretations, right? 
Remember, we're talking about eisegesis and exegesis. So, God's word is genuinely clear. God's word is genuinely clear. So, usually, it's painfully clear, the authors say. As Mark Twain once said, it's not what I don't understand about the Bible that bothers me. It's what I do understand. So, sometimes it's painfully clear uh, what the scripture says. Sometimes we, we get... We get uh, caught up in in our culture, our society, our people, and we we try. But the Bible genuinely is clear and sometimes painfully clear, and so that's why Mark Twain said, "It's not what I don't understand; it's it's what I do understand that bothers me." So, uh, sharper than a two-edged sword, right? The authors say success then comes when we are faithfully studying God's word and faithfully obeying it, applying what we understand to all areas of our lives under the direction of the Holy Spirit, a growing knowledge of the Bible matched by a growing obedience is the path to faithfulness, which can be termed successful. So what is success when you're faithful to the Word of God? My good, I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read, I'm going to read it slowly. I know a lot of people take notes. Success comes when we faithfully study God's word and faithfully obey it. Applying what we understand to all areas of our lives under the direction of the Holy Spirit. A growing knowledge of the Bible matched by a growing obedience is the path to faithfulness and success. Wow. Wow. With that, I leave you. Uh, until next time, um, I don't know. It is December 20th. So um, I'm going to try to do a lot of recordings the week after Christmas and have some things set up uh, for towards the new year and after the new year, of course. But uh, I don't know the next time we'll have an episode. But just be looking for it. I sure do appreciate your support all over the world. I'm humbled. Uh, I guarantee, I guarantee, Lord willing, uh, I'm going to try and connect with all of you. I'm going to name drop you and and tell tell everybody where you're listening from. And so uh, the only way I can do that is if you like the Facebook Book of Jude page and uh, it tells me your name and and. Uh, possibly where you're listening from if you put that information if it if it's available to me so um, hopefully I can uh, do that I'm, I've been wanting to do that for a long time thank you so much for listening to the book of Jude I hope this episode has blessed you and uh, until until then God bless <laughs>